Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night across the globe. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out on my uh, board here how to how to work the music. So just bear with me as I continue to play each week a little bit more and step out of my shell a little bit more being on the radio or something only audio is just still um, new to me. It's become far more comfortable than it was when I first started, but it is still weird that you can't see me. Um, And it is also weird to have to work a soundboard at the same time, which I know many of you out there probably are thinking, how hard could it be? I hear you, and, and for whatever reason, it is hard for me. All right, so I want to recap the last show a little bit. So we last week we were talking about making a pack to experience joy or, or those of you that wanted to make a pack with the rest of us, um, making a pack to go ahead and experience our joy. And part of the homework or what I asked all of you to do and give me feedback on, and thank you, those of you that gave the feedback, it was great. Um was to find out, you know, what is it that you do or say to yourself that allows you to rob yourself of joy? Because ultimately, that is up to you and no one else. And so if, if that's the case, so what is it that you say to yourself? Or what is it that you do in your mind that says, I don't want you to experience something that feels good? And one of the things that um, someone came back to me with is that, you know, well, there's always a list. There's always a to-do list, which is part of one or actually the main reason. It is the main reason that I decided to do the show today on do something rather than nothing. The small stuff matters because the small stuff does matter. And even when you do a little bit of those small things, the big things, let's just talk about lists for a second, the big things are, you're able to focus on them later with more of your attention. And one of the things that we know so far is that our brain is not really capable of multitasking well. So if we're doing a million things at once, we're really not doing any of them very well. And I know in America the the we we're staying in this place for a while, I think. So it's what are what are we gonna do about that? And, and it could be the entire Western world and, and maybe throughout the world all of you understand this. It just may be that human um factor at this time on this planet right now that we feel we have to multitask and everything has to get done and, and we need to do everything. Um when we do the small things, though, on the list, or this is what I've been practicing for quite some time, and my students that are listening out there have heard me, and family and friends that are around me often have heard me say over and over again, do something rather than nothing. And I mean that in every way. I mean, when it comes to your list, maybe, you know, for instance, this morning, one little thing that I got off my list that made me feel better was watering my plants. And... I I do think about when I'm going to do the small things and <clears throat> because I know that on my list these bigger things are sitting there I do the one that m- matters the most to me or you know like it says the small stuff matters it's like we can find out what matters to us so for me seeing my plants kind of wilted and looking like they're not hydrated makes me sad on a regular basis. It's like the only way they can get any water in the house is for me to water them. So watering the plants, although it is a small thing, it probably only takes five minutes tops, 
it it helps me tremendously because my plants within an hour will look completely different. And I know that. So that's why I chose to do that smaller thing. I didn't want to do something that was going to take a half an hour because I like to do a little practice before I go on the radio. And, um, and, and I wasn't willing to cut into that time. So it's also about finding what makes you click and or tick or what makes you happy or what will give the most bang for the buck or what will catch more birds in one hand. <clears throat> it could be any and all of those. So before I go any further with that, I want to just come step back for a moment and recap again. Last week, we talked about what robs us of joy. Part of that is this overwhelming need to get over our list. The other thing that I heard that folks were, you know, talking about around this subject was for some reason there's guilt in feeling joy and that fascinates me because I understand it. I I I feel this way too at times. So, you know, it can't be this great or or that the other shoe's going to drop feeling like if it goes this well for too long, well, something bad has to happen because, well, bad things happen. And that that has robbed me of my joy. So I think instead of feeling sad about being robbed of my joy, I start to pull away from feeling joy at all. And the folks that, you know, had gotten back to me about this felt that way. So I just want you to ponder think on that you're like what is that that's it's sad when you really think about it like me sitting here talking to you right now and you thinking about that I think we can all agree that's sad we should enjoy our moments of joy or happiness yes because we do know that bad things happen and it's that balance we don't have to you know I wasn't talking about elation although that's fun too I'm just talking about experiencing joy being able to smile and I also talked last week um, about that this show is not going to be about, you know, let's smile and take 10 deep breaths and everything's going to be fine. I still would tell you to smile and take 10 deep breaths. I don't know if everything's going to be fine. What I do know is by you centering yourself, by you being in tune with the present moment, only that can only benefit you and the rest of us. Whether that's going from pain to joy, I don't know, probably not um, on the regular. It might happen now and again. So it's not frilly, foo-foo stuff I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about, you know, let's pretend to be happy and then we actually will be. I'm not saying that you can't do that. What I'm saying is I... That's not the point of this show. The point of this show is getting present, knowing what you're doing, and then what you're doing now. And now, what are you doing? And that is how we get to do something rather than nothing. You, When you come from the place of, I'm present right here, that in and of itself is part of the practice of doing something rather than nothing. So I started to go into the show again, so I'm going to come back. The feedback that I'm receiving from shows in general is fantastic, and I really appreciate those of you that are taking the time to give me that feedback. And the one thing that comes up the most is people are feeling overwhelmed. So, you know, whether I'm working at school sites, whether I'm working at yoga studios, whether I'm working in private homes, I am noticing, and and I ask a lot because it's part of how I research for the show and, and research people is just by asking questions, um, is people are feeling overwhelmed. They feel as though there's so much going on that they're spinning. And, um, and when something gets thrown into that mix that makes it even more overwhelming in a moment, for instance... I was at the grocery store with um, my boyfriend's oldest. We were making pies, and so we had to get some some uh, groceries. And 
while we were standing in line, I realized I didn't have one of my credit cards. And immediately what I felt my head do is start to spin. And I know you know what I'm talking about. So I'm, here I am standing in line. It's a Saturday. It's busy. The, the store was very busy, so there's a lot of people after us. I'm paying attention not only to making sure that um, my boyfriend's daughter's standing next to me, because you don't, you know, you got to pay attention to the children. I'm paying. I'm realizing the credit card. The um, clerk is asking me questions, and I know that I have to pack up my groceries at the same time. All of these things were happening at once, and that credit card, that point where I realized my credit card, I literally started to spin. And I, I almost couldn't think straight. I had to like feel my feet on the ground, take a deep breath, and do one thing at a time, which I'm also going to talk about later in the show, doing one thing at a time. <clears throat> and when I um, brought this up to uh, friends, family, students since that time, uh, the response is even stronger about being overwhelmed. And part of, I'm also hoping from the show, part of what would happen is that we all feel validated in some of our feelings. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and now you're being heard, I hope that you can relax a little bit. You're not the only one. And it, and, and the thing is, is that if we're not talking about it, but we're all, that many people are walking around overwhelmed, think about what that does just energetically. What we know is that we're not separated. What we know is that everything is energy. What we know that everything affects everything else. So if there are a lot of overwhelmed people, you could be one of the people that perhaps your life is going pretty smoothly. You still have this underlying kind of thorn in your side that's feeling overwhelmed anyway. That would be why. Or that could be one reason why. Um, pay attention to it. So now we get into what do we do about it? If we're feeling overwhelmed, and that was the show before last, where, you know, what do you do when you don't know what to do? That was that feeling of overwhelming, almost the spin that I was talking about in the grocery line, except for even worse because it feels like it's all hitting, like there's a whole lot of things hitting at once. The grocery line, it was all hitting at once and you knew it was going to pass quickly. Like as soon as I get out of the store, I'm not going to be standing in line anymore. There's not going to be a clerk talking to me anymore. There's You intuitively know this. So it isn't the same as feeling overwhelmed over a period of time, like with the loss of someone, plus you're getting married, plus you're having a child. I mean, I'm... I'm I'm being a little silly right there, you know, but I guess that could happen. But I mean, where you're having big things happen and they happen over a period of time and you don't know what to do because you don't know what to do or what are you supposed to do when you don't know what to do. <clears throat> then the next one was about the pact for joy. So the feedback that I got on that was, you know, I feel overwhelmed, so I'm just trying to get my list done, so I'm going to forego joy. The other thing that we do, I have a tickle in my throat. Sorry, folks. It's My child has been sick. There's other kids that have been sick. I work with children a lot. And I'm clearly um, fighting something. So I apologize for clearing my throat all the time. I actually don't like it either. Anyway, so let's talk about how can we do the small things. And how can we recognize how much the small things do matter? Most importantly, putting into your mind, filing it away deep so that it comes up as often as possible. It's like a root system that starts to grow in a good way, that it is infiltrating all the places of your mind, saying doing something rather than nothing is good. So... When we talk, when I talk in classes about this, I, I may be talking about movement, depending on the class. I may be talking about breathing. I may be talking about ahimsa, which we've discussed more than once on the show, living in a space of contributing in the world without harm. Um, and, and, and being present. So what am I putting in my mouth? Like, so what am I eating? 
and and have I thought about that before I put it in my mouth? Am I even hungry? And then secondly, should I be eating this? You know, when I have my daughter read labels, part of what I ask her to do is, you know, have you even heard of it? If you haven't heard of it, question it. Sometimes those bigger words might be just a word she hasn't seen before and it's perfectly okay. Sometimes those other were, or sometimes those words that are very difficult to pronounce are chemicals and things we just don't need to be eating. And this is a practice. So you fail sometimes. Or you actually deliberately in your teenage mind choose to do this because I can, because I'm going to. You know what I'm talking about. It it happens. And how you balance that is by making a better decision in the next moment. It it doesn't have to be all or nothing. In fact, that usually doesn't work. We know that from dieting. Um, this isn't new information. This has been out for a long time. We've known this for some time, that when you do drastic things in your diet, like cutting calories ridiculously, you know, the grapefruit diet or... I don't know. I mean, where you cut calories and it's all about calories and then you lose the weight and then it comes back. Or you go on a strict diet and for a period of time you're losing weight and you're feeling really good and then, well, I feel good, so I might as well stop doing this and so then you gain the weight back because you end up making those same choices that you were making before. Instead, think think a little smaller Think, okay, I'm going to have, I'm just making this up in the moment, but have a banana every morning. Boom. Do that. And practice that. You get up, you're present, you have a banana, you see how you feel. Surrounding the banana, that doesn't take very long. You can do it while you're doing other things. This is not what I'm telling. I'm not saying that I like that you're doing other things at the same time, but we're being realistic on this show. Most of us are. We're walking around, we're eating, we're drinking our coffee, we're getting our kids ready for school at the same time, we're getting ready for work at the same time, cleaning up, you know, making food for lunches, whatever it is. Be realistic. But a banana is something that has some calories. It's not super high in sugar. You know, see what I'm saying? You think this through a little bit and add that one little thing. And... I many many years ago when I first started teaching physical fitness I somebody said and I don't know who and it may be somebody famous I don't know uh but that it it well actually I'm going to I'm going to come back to that in just a second so let let's table that for just a second let's go back to the doing something every day when you do a little something every day and you do it over time there is going to be a significant difference. So when I give out pranayama or breath practice for the first time to my students, I often say, now you're just going to go with this for a good three months. And you're going to do your best to practice it every day. And then let's see how you feel. So not only do I know this by you know the research that's already been done and the studying that I've done and, and talking to other teachers and my teachers, it's also experiential. As a teacher, I've given a practice and said, you know, please document how often you're doing this, even if you're only doing 12 breaths, and let's see what, what happens in that time. It also helps people start to journal. And so that's one way you can look at this practice is it could be a way for you to start journaling certain things. I don't want you to get nutty with it where you feel, you know, like this is one more thing you have to do. It's more like, something interesting for you to follow so that you can so that you convince yourself of it ultimately so um oh and the other thing that I wanted to add for the small things that you can do so we had talked about you know practicing without harm you know taking a walk uh what am i putting in my mouth but also how can i handle this so maybe this overwhelmingness this moment this predicament with grace, courage, respect, accountability, responsibility. Um, 
I think practice, we forget that that's part of the practice. It's part of being present. So it becomes overwhelming. Well, how can I handle this? Well, one of the things that I've heard back in feedback as well as been practicing myself or, or in my practice, I've noticed this, that when I stop and take a moment and say, how can I handle this? I also tend to go to, what am I grateful for here? What I'm overwhelmed and how much of it is great, amazing stuff doesn't mean it isn't overwhelming. And, and sometimes it's overwhelming. I mean, falling in love is overwhelming in and of itself. It's so vulnerable. Anytime you're learning something, it's so vulnerable. Anytime you are wearing your heart on your sleeve with someone so that you can grow, you're, you're vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, all these overwhelming emotions come up, you know, similar to the credit card situation because that felt vulnerable. Oh, no. Someone may have my credit card. By the way, just to finish that story, I had left it at the restaurant. I've already picked it up. It's fine. And I knew once I found my receipt, chances were good that I had just left the card because I had the receipt. Any, anywho, it, that overwhelming feeling passes. And, it's, and, and recognizing that overwhelming can also be overwhelming with good things. And so now what do we do? How do we handle that? How do we, how do we continue to experience our joy and at the same time stay grounded. I know it's a lot. So when I think about doing something rather than nothing, what am I thinking about? And I, I'm going to ask you to do that for just a moment. So what, bring to mind, so just take a moment, take a deep breath in and a deep breath out, just like we've been practicing. Breathe in through your nose, into your lungs, release your abs, breathe like you're filling to your, your pelvis, and then exhale, gently tighten your abdominal muscles towards your spine, and get rid of all that exhale. For just a moment, I want you to feel, whether you're standing, you're seated, whatever, that you feel yourself rise up as your lungs fill, and you kind of come out of your sit bones a little bit, or you come out of your feet a little bit, chest rises, opens up. And then as you exhale, you kind of sink down gently. And you can even, if you haven't been moving much today, you might even be a little dramatic with that, like roll your shoulders down and back as you inhale and roll your shoulders forward and even slouch a bit as you exhale. kind of stretches out your shoulders, your chest gets things moving. You notice how deep or shallow you're breathing. And remember... We're practicing honesty. There's another one for the do something rather than nothing. Practice right now being honest with yourself. How do you feel? You feel like poo? You feel like poo. You feel great? You feel great. Oh, just that's your response. That's what's happening. Oh. Now, I want you to bring to mind a time where you felt really, really overwhelmed. So it might be like that that story I told you about the credit card or when your engine light comes on in your car and you're right in the middle of an incredibly busy week and there isn't a moment to spare or there's not a moment to spare and now your child is sick or you're sick. Anything like that. And then I want you to pick, see if you can as best you can with memory, and we know there's all kinds of issues with memory, um, I'm going to ask you to do your best here to, to pick that feeling, that moment that you felt the spin start to happen or where it's like, oh, no, and you, you, you're so overwhelmed. I, I feel it like an energy that rises up and it starts like at my third chakra, like right above my belly button, the solar plexus, and I... And then it kind of overwhelms all the way to the top of my head. It feels like the, a tidal wave almost. And that's what makes me spin. I don't know what the feeling is for you, but find that feeling if you can. Maybe, maybe you're seeing a color or you start to see stars even. I know that, that sounds a little weird, but I have heard more than one person that it's, for them, it becomes visual somehow. Um, so just notice that. 
And then I want you to practice saying to yourself in that moment. So bring that feeling, let that feeling come up in you. It probably won't be as intense, but it's there. And then ask yourself, how can I handle this with grace or and or courage and or respect and or accountability? And you may notice now that you've done this short practice that took us, I don't know, the whole of about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. You now have just done what I'm talking about. Do something rather than nothing. So, and it can be a practice like that, or it can be that that's actually happening in the moment, and you ask yourself, how can I handle this with grace? How can I handle this with courage? How can I be respectful, responsible, accountable? And I guess most important, how can I be honest? What do I feel? And sometimes that's the hard question. What do I feel? And you don't really know. Because, well, your head's spinning. When we talk about practicing being honest, I think that that is, is one of the harder things to do and has the most bang for its buck when it comes to your practice and making significant change over time in your life. If you continually ask, what am I doing now or how am I feeling now, and you just do this on a regular basis every day and handle it or ask yourself how can you handle it with grace, respect, responsibility, etc. and then practice that. You'd be surprised at the amount of stress you could alleviate over time. I know in the moment it might not feel like a whole lot, but you do actually change your blood pressure. You do change your heart rate. You do change your nervous and endocrine system. Systems both of them change in a beneficial way. And over time, versus staying in that chaotic place, total chaos, it does make a difference. It's not as taxing to the system. And that is something to be happy about, or that is something to experience joy in, when you know that the, the choices that you're making over a period of time are changing your body at a, at a, at a very fundamental level. Everything else that follows is, is going to only be good for you um, or better for you. And uh, so I want to take a, a short break here. And in this break, um, it talks about uh, dropout, teen dropouts and things like that. Um, it's, a, it's a nice PSA. Um, I... I, when we come back, I'm going to add something to that about teenagers because I know some of you have teenagers out there or you just need to get in touch with your own inner teenager or you're preparing for teenagers. And either way, we could learn a little something from this. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better, and kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics. For rad. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. 
In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hi, this is Eddie Morales from Kicking It Old School on KCAA 1050 AM. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to the martial arts event of the year, the Masters Hall of Fame on Saturday, June 22, 2013 at the Orange County Hilton. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com. With your host, Kimberly Canals, your spot to practice living in awareness. You're listening. What did I tell you? I've been playing with these public service announcements and um, different things on the dashboard here. And I guess I just playing with it. You're just going to have to put up with it because I'm just still trying to figure this all out. So in that public service announcement, the last part was clearly old, um, 2013. That's long gone. Um, The first two, though, I think were, well, really three, were really poignant to what we're talking about. And here's why. In... When we when when I think about teenagers or even my own teenage mind, and um and I've spent a lot of time working with teens and being and educating myself about teenagers because I find I think teenage the adolescent years are fascinating, um and partially because of the whole black or white all or nothing thing that that um that age brings it's it's much easier that way I get it, um and. Uh, but but what teens tend to they're, they're doing a million things also at once because they're coming into being adults and um, they're getting ready for college and every you know they're they're interested in dating and 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 to them that is all very overwhelming. I know we can look back and say, oh, those times wouldn't that be nice? Well, and then some of us actually would say it wouldn't be nice. They don't want to go back to high school at all. I happen to have had a wonderful high school. Uh, life, but uh, but I remember it being very overwhelming with all these things to think about. And one of the things that I would like to put out there to teenagers is that just take time and give room for experience. And w- when we can put that into a mind that young and train that mind to just you know take time and give room for an experience, they may be able to have a lifelong uh, habit, you know, I mean, it would become a habit that would benefit them. And bullying has, you know, taken on such an ugly road with the Internet that it, it, it frightens me, quite frankly. And so part of our practice in doing something rather than nothing is just paying attention to when we need to stand up Paying attention, let's back it up, paying attention that with our kids, whatever age they are, that we're talking about being respectful, compassionate, understanding beings. Or I've said it in many, many shows, and I I say it quite often because it's one of, I feel it's one of the reasons I'm here or part of my purpose in life is to help raise grow, uh, facilitate um, young folks coming up in the world to be productive, compassionate world citizens, not just American citizens, not just 
um, a citizen in the community, but a citizen that is worldwide, whether they ever leave the town they're from or not. Everything you put out there matters. Everything that we do matters. So if there is a way to talk a bully down or step in in a moment and keep it from becoming violent or uh, more, I guess, intense or scary than it already is, we we want to encourage our kids to do that because that it, it does take courage to do that. And practicing courage helps us be vulnerable because you're learning and in a space of love because we're walking through fear with love and courage. Then we are being vulnerable and moving anyway. And again, it comes back to doing something rather than nothing. So that can be your something that you practice for a while. I ask that you ask your kids and yourself to do something every day. And better yet, something every time you think about it. So it could just be, what am I thinking about right now? And like we said in the grocery line, how can I handle this? The other thing we've talked about, and I know this is kind of a recap over the past few shows because doing something rather than nothing is pretty much the practice in and of itself. It's the only way to get to wherever it is we're going to go is by continuing to move. And moving can be forwards, backwards. It can be a twist. It can be a lateral. You know, it it, it doesn't really matter as long as you're moving. And we talked about um, in past shows reaction or the reactionary mind or the robotic mind, um, or I think as Salvatore puts it, or it's pretty close to this, the reactionary robotic mind versus the, you know, response and really thinking through how do I want to respond to this and and knowing that maybe your something rather than nothing is to pause, stop. And, you know, I even think back to that scenario that I said earlier in the grocery store line. I I did for a second stop. Because I knew it's that feeling, you know, that when you're riding the wave and you feel like, whoa, wait a second, if I'm not in the right spot of this wave, I'm going to actually go over and curl over with the wave instead of just kind of rolling, you know, so when it starts to break and you can move along in it at times and, and avoid that break. So by taking that pause, it just keeps me from falling over into the space of, oh, my God, because that's what I wanted to say. Oh, my God, just stop, everybody, for just a second. Instead, I had to internally stop for just a moment. And I remember I looked down at my wallet, and that's where I took the deep breath because everybody thought I was doing something. And I took that deep breath and just felt my feet and then moved forward. Again, how can I handle this? So going back to ahimsa or robotic or the reactionary robotic mind, um, we've also talked about that there's cultural conditioning in that. So is there in this all or nothing thing. Um, Definitely in America, we tend to be in that all or nothing space. It's the yes or no. We talked about that with the English language. Uh, The yes or no. It's yes or no. It's black or it's white. Or, you know, when we really know that it's gray area and it's something and not all or nothing and and we could do just a little bit. And when when we think about that, or we talked last, or when I talked to my teacher the last, that was what, three shows ago, we had talked about one of the groups that I have been working with and my reactionary jump to, well, am I even supposed to work with um, work with this group if I feel so personally, um, or or how about this, I, I feel as though something that we don't have in common, but it's one small percentage, is a firm belief for me personally. And uh, Salvatore, again, paraphrasing here, and this is just how I heard it, was bringing attention to, well, so 
you know, how will that help? You jumping ship, how will that help? You leaving, how will that impact or bring about good? Use your skill set, I think, were, was another way that he uh, addressed this. You know, when you're using your skill set in the world, is it better for you to be with them or to walk away? And sometimes we just need to stay and be a good presence. And and that feels so weird. It's like, well, I'm not really doing anything. Oh, yes, you are. And since then, you know, in working with this group, and I work with them pretty regularly, um, or at least, you know, on a regular weekly basis, it was it, it has become very different. And I I know now that that decision was right to continue to work with this group for my own learning, too. I mean, there's so much learning that's happening for me, and I don't know how that couldn't be going both ways, that it makes sense that I stayed. And another thing that I practice and it isn't always easy, but I practice and, and strongly encourage the people around me to practice is that is also doing something. So knowing that just being present with a situation and being who you are and the light that you shine or the benefits that you bring or um, the knowledge that you bring to a situation in and of itself is enough. It doesn't have to be this, you know, big show. It can just be I'm standing here with everyone else and they enjoy how I respond in the environment or they're learning something from how I respond in the environment. That is also part of the doing something rather than nothing. So when you're thinking about putting your practice together, when you're, or you're thinking about shifting your practice or um, tweaking it in some way, think to yourself, what do I already do? What do I already bring? Because part of that is the practice itself, doing something rather than nothing. But, or and, I want to say, and being present with it. Being alert to how you're contributing because once you put that beacon up it changes how you respond in an environment anyway i hope this is making sense i i feel like i've said it in you know four or five different ways to where it would i would love to hear from you kimtalkradio at gmail.com again it's kimtalkradio at gmail.com because your feedback or your – I've had more discussion than I've had, like, constructive criticism, although I, I will gladly accept either. But the discussion is really what I want the show to be about, and eventually I'm hoping that either I'll have it at a time that makes more sense where people can call in or um, or I'll find another way to um, be able to engage you as listeners uh, live in the meantime, let's have the discussion in email. And thank you for um, taking the time to even, you know, give me a sentence or two back because it does really help. So let's, to bring the show to a close in a slow but steady way, let's talk specifics. So for homework this week, take a moment now to think about, is it ahimsa, so without harm? Is it um, going to be a walk around the block every day? A walk around the block, when you think about most blocks, at least in the United States, or how about this? I'm going to say in the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) the blocks that I have seen would take you no more than 10 minutes. I would think closer to five minutes. But just saying, I'm going to put on my shoes when I get up in the morning and take that walk around. Or, um, you know, at lunchtime, I'm going to put on my shoes at work. I'm going to take that walk around. Where you just take a moment to get a little fresh air, a different perspective, 
if it's in the morning and before you get your day started, it's a way to just kind of refresh yourself, get out in the air, wake up. You might take your coffee with you. Or think about how am I going to practice without harm? Am I going to look at what I put into my mouth? And it might be all of the above. I want you to know that if you practice all of the above so far, you haven't taken much time, and it can be in pieces. And I have found that that works better for me. I have found that it works better for the people I've worked with when we do a little bit over time. So I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily only talking exercise, you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes there. That would be great. If you took the five-minute walk and you practiced, you know, without harm every time you thought about it, and when you were overwhelmed, you said, how can I handle this? And you, you know, and you write this down in your journal. that These are just kind of the deals I'm making with myself, or you can add it to the pact if you want. I'll pinky pack with you. That you're going to practice these small little things over time and take a look at and preferably give me a little of that feedback what changes because it does there's no way that it doesn't taking time giving room for experience so that when i talked about the teenagers it's something that we can do in our own teenage mind just slow down i'm we're in a hurry for what like where are we hurrying to get to and so and what I mean that is that you may still have to actually physically be fast, like you've got to get from here to here. In that hurried movement, you can also be, what am I actually doing? That is part of the practice. That is doing something rather than nothing. It is that simple. It isn't easy. And I tell myself that over and over and over again. If you think this is going to be easy, you know, that's, that's worth a chuckle. If you think it's going to be simple, it is usually pretty darn simple. Um, taking or Building in a small breath practice, so saying I'm going to take 10 deep breaths during the day at some point, whether they're all together or whether they're not. Preferably together, I think you'd have more of an impact, but what difference does it make? Taking a deep breath and then another deep breath reminds you to breathe. And consciously breathe, for those of you that were going to be smart asses out there. Consciously breathe. Um, how, when you think of how can I handle this with respect, responsibility, dignity, grace, you change everything. And when you, what's also beautiful about that question is that you can question what is my intention. So if my intention is simply to hurt this other person, maybe I just shut up. Maybe I just don't do whatever it is I'm thinking of doing because it doesn't make you a bad person to think about it. It might very well make you a bad person to do it. And just noticing those feelings that come up when they come up, for me, that kind of stuff usually comes up when I'm exhausted. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. When a child has a complete meltdown because they're exhausted, we we tend to look at one another and go, oh, they're having a meltdown. You know, they're really exhausted. Well, we do the same thing. We just can be more calculated, manipulative, and therefore perhaps even more dangerous with it because we we just don't feel good. So we're going to do what we can to make sure everyone knows it. Stopping that is part of the doing something rather than nothing. Um, when you think about changing, and I know that a lot of you are, so I am going to just address this once and for all. When you're thinking about exercise and you're thinking about nutrition and a diet, doing something rather than nothing, adding in the banana, adding in more water, I would add, 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 add. Like I said earlier in the show, and I don't know that I finished that statement, but I learned that early on. Adding things in is usually a little easier for our minds than taking away. You decide. Sometimes taking away, like for me, it can be a purge, so it can feel really good, but it's all in how you look at it. So you need to know how you look at it. And that, again, when we're talking about the practice of 
being and doing as often as we think about it, we need to know how we react in order to know how we want to stop and respond. And so thinking through, uh, you know, some of this stuff as you're moving through and, and, and taking notes in your journal help you to get to know you better. The more you know you better, the better contributor you can be. So I'd like to wrap the show by saying thank you so much for being a continued listener. Please give me more and more feedback. Let's have more and more discussion. If you want to be on the show, also let me know that. KimTalkRadio at gmail.com. Again, KimTalkRadio at gmail.com. Anything that contributes to the practice is welcome. Uh, And I can have multiple. If you and a partner also want to join the show, you can. Please practice peace.